What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode nine of the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Ty Reeves, and today we'll be talking with one of my friends, Amir, about his time as a video editor and as well as a little bit of Premier League action. Amir, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How you been? And, you know, honestly, just living life to the fullest with this pandemic going on. Quarantine life. Yep. So kind of just to introduce yourself to the people listening, uh, where are you from? What's your major? What's your year at UConn? Um, so I'm from Southlands of Connecticut, which is only about 10 minutes away from Hartford. So we're like kind of in central Connecticut. Um, I am a incoming junior at UConn and I'm a journalism major. Nice, nice. You know, journalism, every, if there's a journalism major, you know, listening, we got you. In there. <laughs> <laughs> but just to jump right into it, I'm sure, you know, you're getting big as it is. I was just looking at your profile, almost 2,000 followers on Instagram. How did you get into video editing and what really inspired you to? Um, growing up, I've always, I'm obviously a big sports fan. Um, I'd probably say basketball is my favorite sport growing up. So I was always a fan of, you know, those like ball is life mixtapes, like the hoop mixtapes and stuff. And I think finally, like the, I think during winter break of our freshman year of school, I finally like saw one and I was like, you know what? I want to try this because this looks so cool. So I literally just like pulled up iMovie and just made one. And then I made a couple more in iMovie. And then I was like, wait a second, this is actually really fun. So when I did a few more in iMovie, I think I ended up getting like a more like professional video editing software. And then I started on YouTube, but that didn't really work well for like views because it's hard to build up on YouTube. So I switched to Instagram and then that's when everything started to take off. Yeah, definitely. So just just a quick little little tidbit. You said you watched a lot of who mixtape. What was your favorite who mixtape growing up? Probably the one of Akil Carr, the one uh, the Crime Stopper who mixtape. He's like a five six dude, and they call him the Crime Stopper because every time he played games in Baltimore, it's like the crime rate would literally drop. I forgot the percent, but it would drop because even like the criminals would want to go watch him play. So his hoop mixtape was insane. I think it has like ten million views. Yeah, that hoop mixtape was definitely was definitely dope. Yeah. So you know, you talked about kind of getting your legs underneath you, and there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of different videos, a lot of different editors. But what are some either other editors or just YouTubers that you kind of look to for inspiration? Um, I think when I first started like posting my videos the editor who I first found who's like considered like the best editor in like the sports field is this guy named Max Fishberg. He edits for like the Clippers, everything the Clippers post on Instagram. He creates, he edits for the Blazers. He edits for Nike. He edits for Bleacher Report. I think there was this one video I saw that I absolutely loved. It was when it was during LeBron's last run with the Cavs in 2018 and it was the same time when Infinite Avengers Infinity War came out. So this guy, he made like uh, an Infinity War trailer, but with LeBron. So it's like every time it had like Thanos talking, it showed LeBron doing something that was in line with Thanos talking. So it, that was just like such a cool thing. And I remember just like that's when I first like took note of like the amount of creativity that can just go into video editing. Yeah, definitely. I remember when you showed me that in class yeah. and that, that video was dope. But, um, you know, I, I obviously I've been, you know, we've been friends since freshman year and we've always talked about like your experiences with video editing. 
you really edit for all sports. So what sports highlights do you find the easiest to edit, but which ones do you also find the most fun to edit? Um, I would say the easiest to edit is probably American football, the NFL, college football, because, I mean, as, like, fun and exciting that is, there's only so many ways a quarterback can throw a ball, so many ways someone can juke, so many ways someone can catch a ball. So it's like you kind of just have like a limited like range of types of plays to choose from. So the fact that you don't have like a ton of plays to choose from in the beginning kind of like makes it go fast, like putting clips together. But as far as the most fun to edit, I would say um, soccer for the opposite reason because there's just to me soccer is the most like aesthetically pleasing sport because it's with your feet there's so many ways you can dribble ball so many tricks so many ways you can shoot a ball and i think because there's so many just like cool looking moves like spin moves like uh panica penalty kicks just a whole bunch of different stuff that it just really makes for a creative video I can definitely agree with soccer is the most pleasing sport, mm-hmm. but I know not a lot of people will agree with us on that. <laughs> but a big thing when editing, I'm sure, is creativity and, you know, your past videos. Like Again, I've seen you from when you really started and kind of moved up and your creativity has really been off the charts. So where does your creativity stem from? Um, it, I would say definitely comes from one of the biggest ones is music. Like I'll just be going through like a new album or like an artist I really like and I'm listening to an album from a few years ago that I didn't really like take the time to listen to and sometimes I sometimes I hear a song and like something will click instantly I'm just like okay I need to use this in a video because like there's a certain like there's like certain stutters in the song that would just like make that would make that would just like fit perfectly for different effects um and also just like random things like I just I can just get inspired by the most random things like I'll just be like sitting somewhere I could be sitting at a restaurant and then like I'll see something like on the TV and like I'll see and then instantly something just clicks in my mind I was I'll just be like okay I need to like make a video of that if I'm like at a restaurant and I see like James Hart is on the TV or whatever he does like a certain move I just like connect it with something else and it yeah it can honestly my creativity it just comes from just like a whole bunch of different places it's very random and sporadic yeah definitely I mean like you said you can catch ideas from walking down the street if it really came to that Mm -hmm. but you know you worked on a lot of projects I think you have 50 some odd posts on your Instagram you know, which, which project have you really been able to say has been the most difficult for you to create? Um, I would say, like, none of them are, like, difficult to create just because it's, like, such a fun process. It doesn't feel hard. But um, I would say, like, the biggest learning curve I had to go through was when I think it was back in the fall I made, like, a mix of, like, the first quarter of James Harden's season. And that was when I was trying out like a new software for like, instead of just regular editing, regular editing, which is Adobe Premiere, it was like this special effects software called Adobe After Effects. And that's when I was like trying to learn it and trying to learn new effects. So even though like it wasn't like a super complicated video, it took me like, I think it took me longer than usual to get that done because of I had to keep watching tutorials on YouTube of like how to do certain stuff in that new software. 
So looking like ahead in life, we're going into our junior years, like you said, you know, we only have really two years left to school. You know, where do you see this going? Where do you want video editing to take you in your career path? Um, I really, I just want to edit for a big company, whether that's like ESPN, Bleacher Report, Overtime. Um, and I already see like other editors who I follow and who follow me. Like I see that occasionally they get to like edit stuff for Bleacher Report and like those companies. And sometimes like I kind of just like watch their work. I watch mine and now I kind of feel like I'm at the point where I'm just like, it's only a matter of time before I'll be able to do that. Especially considering that like, I have been getting recognition from people who edit for like those companies. I just lifted like ball is life overtime bleacher report. So yeah, really just to edit for a big company like that. I think it will be really cool to just um, say if I like edit it for like ESPN, CBS or TNT, just be sitting at home watching a game and then a commercial comes on. I think it would just be really cool to be like, Oh yeah, I made that. So, you know, you, you take your time to make these, these clips just out of, you know, just for fun, just for the love of doing it. But you actually worked with uh, Filet on a couple projects or a project. So how exciting was that to work with somebody with such a big platform like Filet? That was, that was really exciting because um, obviously he, everyone knows that he like sings the NBA highlights. So he made an actual song and I heard the song and like, he references a lot of different NBA players and like the moves that they do. So when I heard that song, this goes back to how like my creativity comes from music. I heard that song. I was like, what if I made a video of like when he says, so like a Stephen Curry shooting a three, when he's like makes a line about that actually show on the screen, Stephen Curry shooting a three. So I DM'd him with the idea, just like not sure if he would respond because he's like a big person, but he actually responded pretty quickly. He said that was a sick idea. And I did that. He posted it. And I think that's like kind of what gave me like my first big boost on my channel. I think it was like I got like plus 700 or 800 followers just from that video. And I ended up making a couple more of that. So, yeah, that was very exciting. Yeah. So, you know, kind of staying on that that idea of working with people, I'm sure you've done other projects specifically for people. So can you talk a little bit about other individuals that you've kind of collaborated with to, you know, put out a content, whether if it was kind of like a season highlight for them or a career highlight? Uh, yeah. Now that, especially since that filet video, um, and especially since like other editors have been like sharing my work, my page has definitely gotten around and just like every now and then just like a random person, like a random overseas basketball player, or a high school football player, a college football player will just like ask for like a mix of their season. And they just like DM me. And then I'll just say like, yeah, I'll do it. So it's, uh, so yeah, just really every, every now and then people will reach out. So this, this was a big one. I know you did a kind of a Lonzo and Zion collab and actually hey, Lonzo ball posted it. So how did that benefit you? That was, that was just insane because he is my favorite player. So when he DM me asking me for the video for him to post it, like I just like couldn't believe it. And uh, it's really beneficial because now I can say like I made a video for Lonzo Ball and you know, like he's like he and his family, like one of the biggest names in basketball. So I think that alone really benefits my channel or my page because that just really just adds credibility to it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we've talked a lot and you just you've had a pretty great, I guess you could say editing career in the short amount of time you've been doing it. But what are some, you know, 
other opportunities that people may not realize or know about that you've, you know, been offered or you've, you know, found from editing? Um, really just like, it makes you realize how valuable editing is as just like as a life skill, because literally everything involves editing. Like when people post stuff on social media or whatever. So I can like, when my friends post videos on social media, like they come to me to help, help them with it. Just like little stuff like that. And also just like, I have friends whose parents work for like marketing companies and stuff. And like, they've asked me to like edit. So I'm used to doing sports, but I've like done a few like, like marketing sales advertisement type stuff. So just like, yeah, it made me realize just, Literally everything includes video, whether it's like business, technology stuff. So I just learned that it's just in general, like a good life skill to have. Yeah, definitely. So me and you talked about, you know, not really towards the end, but I guess you could say the meat of the first and then the beginning of the second semester. You know, you actually got in contact with uh, UConn basketball and kind of their editing team. And I know nothing really got to amount to it because of the pandemic, but are you looking forward to, you know, staying in contact with them with the season coming up? Uh, yeah, I was, I actually met with them in the, I want to say February. And I was supposed to start in March when we got back from spring break, but obviously we never went back from, went back to school after spring break. So I was kind of disappointed I didn't get to start in the spring, but I mean, the video director, um, yeah, he told me he was just like, just stay in contact and when we get back to get back on campus, like I can get started. So that's something I'm looking forward to, whether it's like, I'm not sure if it will be in the fall, but whether that's like in the spring when things get more back to normal. Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited for you and to, you know, take that, that opportunity and that step forward. Yeah, appreciate but, um, it. you know, obviously you're, you're, even though we're quarantining and trying to stay in the house still, but you're a busy man. So what, what project are you working on currently? Um, right now, just for fun, it's like for, I'm just like for my own page, just for fun. I'm doing a, I'm doing like a throwback video with Ronaldinho. Um, I'm just gonna play around with some like new effects and just really take my time with this one. So I don't really have like much else planned as far as editing. Nice, nice. So, you know, I said in the beginning, let's switch gears. You're a huge soccer fan. I'm a huge soccer fan. You're a Liverpool fan, so congratulations. Liverpool hmm. clinched the league with Chelsea beating City. So shout out to Chelsea. But you're a Liverpool fan, so how do you feel right now? I mean, I feel great. Um, I was kind of disappointed that uh, we had to have a three-month break in between. Like, I, I kind of would have liked it if we just just went steamrolling straight through the league and then got those last two wins in March and then have, like, the next two months like as champions, but I mean, and in the end, I was glad that we got it, like regardless of when it was. And but, um, and like you said, Chelsea kind of won it for us. So I mean, it, at the same time, would have been cool to like see our players went on the field in front of our fans. That kind of like threw it off a little bit. But I know, like, once everything gets back to normal, Liverpool will have a parade with all the fans and stuff. So I guess that's all that matters in the end. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to uh, the Liverpool fans, though. You know, they're not they're not joking around in yeah. England having a riot during a pandemic. <laughs> but you guys, you know, Liverpool, like I said, they're they're one of the best clubs, you know, top five clubs in Europe right now or in Europe right now. So, you know, what do you think was the key to your success this season? Really just 
if anyone who's been following Liverpool has just known that just like Jurgen Klopp has just created a whole new culture at Liverpool, just like a a winning culture that has just like at that everyone embraces. Like we don't have any like divas or drama queens for stars. Like even all our world class players, like Mo Salah, Mane, Van Dyke, they all buy into what he's trying what Jurgen Klopp is about. And even like he was I remember yesterday I think yesterday or two days ago, he was asked about defending the title next season. He's like, we're not defending the title, we're attacking for the next one. And just like that quote alone shows like the type of culture that he's instilled in Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think everybody can uh, can agree. Liverpool has probably either the or one of the most elite squads from head to toe, even on the bench through the squad. It's an overall top tier club. So with that being said, players leave and players join. Which player would you like to see join your club and which player would you like to see leave the club? Um, As far as leaving, it's not a case of like like to see them leave but I mean it's kind of like their time has come I'll say Adam Lallana he's been at the club for a few years I'm I'm pretty sure he is planning on leaving he's starting to get up there in age he's like falling further down the depth chart so I think now that he's like getting older he probably wants to go to like a smaller club and then um I would also say Shakiri. like he had a good run with us last year in the winter but it's like he's just constantly have been hurt he hasn't really gone in the team so even I think even like uh, I forget who it was. Some either someone in his family or his agent said something about how he might need a change of scenery. So them too. As far as joining the club, um, I mean for three years straight now, our front three has been Mane, Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino. But like the drop off if one of those three isn't out is something that if one of those threes if one of those three is out is like way too much. It's way too big of a drop off. So I would like to see a sign like a like a good young winger. I think a big move that we could make that has been rumored is Jaden Sancho. I would really love to see him come to Liverpool as a young player for the future. And also, he I'm pretty sure he can play in attacking midfield too. So it's not like he would always have to be on the bench. Like he can we can play something like a 4-2-3-1 and have him play up in the four with uh with Mo Mane and Firmino. So I like to see that. Yeah. I definitely understand what you mean by the drop off because that's how it is at a lot of clubs around the Premier League, but for Liverpool, at least, you know, you have some young talent, you know, Brewster, Elliott. Mm-hmm. So now that you won the league, you, we still have six, what's six, five weeks to go. How do you think they'll be implementing into the squad now that you guys have clinched the title? Um, I still think it'll be relatively the same, like uh, our best young players. So just like, like you said, oh, well, Brewster's on loan right now. So as far as this year, it'll be like Elliott, uh, Nico Williams, who are on the bench. Um, I'm pretty sure Klopp wants to push for Man City's points record. So I think we're still going. I think they just released a lineup for the game against City today, and it's like our full-strength squad. So um, I guess we'll probably try to, you know, get up like 3 nothing, 4 nothing for these last few games, and then just like when we're up, try to get the young players some more experience. So switching clubs, um, this has been a big speculation. It hasn't. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but I could be wrong. Newcastle has been linked to being sold to a new owner, one that's willing to put tons and tons of money into the club to kind of rejuvenate it and bring Newcastle back to their former glory. How do you think Newcastle being sold to such a rich owner is going to shake up the Premier League next year? I mean, I think that would be great because I know people who are fans of mid mid 
tier teams and lower tier teams always talk about how like how you expect us to compete with like these big clubs like Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City when they can spend so much money but our owners never spend any money. So I think just the fact that their owner is willing to spend like that alone will just maybe if they could sign a couple of good players like push them back to maybe have like a season similar to what Sheffield United is having this year. So kind of like pushing for like about like the fifth or fourth spot, sixth spot around there. Yeah. So switching leagues now, actually Messi, you know, one of the greatest to play the game recently scored his 700th career goal for club and international. But you know, he's kind of getting up there in age, but do you think Messi will reach that 1,000-goal mark for club or and country combined? I think he will because, uh, let's see, he's 30 right now. Ronaldo is 33. I can see Messi playing to the same age as Ronaldo, and both of them have showed no signs of slowing down. So let's say, like, Ronaldo goes to, like, 36, 37 I could honestly mess, see Messi doing the same. He doesn't have like a huge in, injury history. He knows how to take care of his body. So I think like within like five or six years, he could definitely reach that mark. So this is a controversial question for you as a Liverpool fan. Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, two of the best managers probably that have ever managed some sort of club. They both had success in different leagues. Both have won league championships. Both have been to you know, won the Champions League. Who do you think is, is the better overall manager, Klopp or Pep? I mean, I guess you could call me biased, but I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp because Pep, like most coaches in the world, like don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic coach. and He's created a great system at City, but most coaches in the world, they buy players who are already world-class and then implement them into their system. Jurgen Klopp buys no-name players and mid-level players and turns them into superstars. Like Andy Robertson was a 7 million euro transfer from whole city in Scotland, and now he's the best left back in the world. Mo Salah was like an inconsistent mid-level player at Roma. We got him for only 36 million euros, and now he's one of the best players in the world. So the fact that Jurgen Klopp can just like just take these – no-name players and turn them into absolute stars, I would I would say. I honestly think he's the best coach in the world. I can definitely agree. You could definitely argue that, you know, Pep might have to step up, maybe one in a couple more leagues. But, again, I, I, I couldn't go wrong with you saying Klopp is a yeah, better exactly. coach out of So, kind of staying with Pep and Man City, they still have that potential UEFA ban on the table. Again, I'm not sure if that they've made any ruling on that yet. But that means kind of that – that fifth place spot is now a Champions League spot and it's kind of a dogfight five through or even six through like 10 is like a maybe eight point gap with four or five weeks to go. So out of Chelsea, Wolves, Arsenal, United, Tottenham, Sheffield, who do you think is going to, you know, really grab the rest of this, this season by the throat and really push through to get that last spot in the Champions League? Um, I think... I'm looking at the table now, and I honestly see it ending almost the same way as it is now, but I ex- I'm expecting Chelsea to overtake Leicester for the third spot, so that I put Leicester at four. And with the way Manchester United has been playing, Pago is finally back in the lineup. He's playing with Bruno Fernandes. They seem to be getting along just fine. So I would, I would think that Man United will get the fifth spot. 
So staying with um, United real quick, Bruno Fernandez spent a lot of money to get him in January. A lot of people didn't know if he was going to play that CDM role next to Pogba, and they're going to play him as an attacking mid, or even out wide, there was the rumor of him playing. How do you think Bruno Fernandez alone has really came in and changed, you know, the the play style of United, kind of bringing them back to not former glory, but to a top contending club? I mean, he's definitely seemed to add, like, a huge spark, especially him and Pogba together. Um I remember watching United last year, especially like when they got destroyed in the Champions League against Barcelona. It's just that they had good, they have good attackers, Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, but there was no one in the midfield to be supplying them balls. And it's like now you have Pogba back from injury, you have Bruno Fernandez, who's a very dynamic player. I think they've been exciting to watch this year, and that's what why I just said I think they'll get the fifth spot. Well. I'm biased. Arsenal, you know, even though it was Norwich, it was a good game, 4-0. We keep that play style, signed to Yang for two more years. Let's see us back in the Champions League in no time. But I'm going to bring up a couple of transfer rumors, and I want you to tell me if you think they're likely or if they're unlikely and why you feel that. So to start it off, we've talked about them before, Sancho to United. I can see that happening because um... – I mean, they have money to spend, and I I think the rumor is that Sancho wants to go to the Premier League, and I think Manchester United is a big name that he'd be attracted to, so I could see that happening. I think it's crazy that, you know, once a city prospect would, you know, you know skip yeah. and do a jump over the river and go yeah. go be a Red Devil, but this is a, an interesting one. He hasn't had a lot of success over with Barca or even with Bayern. Coutinho to Newcastle. I don't see that happening because he's, you know, like a Brazilian star. I think he would want to go to a big name. I can't see him going to like a mid-level club like that. If he comes back to the Premier League, I think the the teams that I heard about were like Chelsea and Man United. So I think it would definitely be like a team with like like a brand name team, not like a mid-level team. Yeah. I saw um, a crazy statistic. It was like, Bayern Munich was able to buy. It was it was a crazy amount of people. It was like Kimmich, Xabi Alonso, Oliver, Davies, uh, Sewell. It was like an insane amount of top players now, at least in like just top players in the world, for less than Barca paid for Coutinho. And I think yeah. that's just with how much of a bust his career has been exactly. since he, he left Liverpool. But I, I'm an Arsenal fan. I wouldn't be opposed to this because at this point he's kind of been detrimental to the club since we've. Had to change managers, Guendozi to Atletico. I mean, like you just said, he's kind of like butted heads with some of the managers. So, um, I mean, I think right now he's an inconsistent player, but he shows flashes. So I think uh, really like just sometimes players who are in that position, they just need a change of scenery. So I think going to a different league, a different team, like a team that has a different style, you know, Arsenal's more attacking or Atletico's more defensive. So maybe that could suit him better. So I could see that happening. I mean, Guendozi for me, would it be nice for him to stay? Yes, but that's only if he got his his attitude in check. Yeah. I mean, he's constantly butting heads with Arteta. You know, he was making the comments to the Brighton players, which me personally, it's like a bad image for the club, but I don't really care because, you know, Umpire, whatever his name is, injured Leno for four to six weeks, and there was really no one standing up for, for Leno in the situation. So I guess running your mouth a little bit. <laughs> is a way of standing up. But as far as the training rumors go, where he's just, you know, goofing off and not doing the right thing, like 
he came from the second tier in France, and he jumped to the Premier League really quickly. So I think maybe just the, the spotlight and being a young star just kind of got to his head. Yeah, I agree with that. But this is a big one. Again, I'm an Arsenal fan. I really hope it happens. Partey to Arsenal. I think I saw like yesterday or the day before that like there's a reported fee of like I think 45 million euros. So I think the fact that there's a rumor of a reported fee, I think that that shows that it's likely to happen. Yeah, um, I'm hoping. I feel like him and Jaka, him and uh, him and Torreira, him and Ceballos, whoever. Well, Ceballos won't be here, but whoever he's next to, I feel like it will be a stellar, you know, holding mid combination for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, this one for you guys, I'm sure you'll be, you know, at least interested to hear. But Thiago, Thiago from Bayern, not Thiago Silva, mm-hmm. to Liverpool. Um, yeah, I don't really see that happening. Uh, I think I don't really see a spending big this summer because uh, Klopp has already said, because um, you saw that we, everyone figured that um, Timo Werner was going to join Liverpool, but then all of a sudden he joined Chelsea. And then after, after that happened, Jurgen Klopp was just like, well, with the pandemic going on or whatever and like all like the budget cuts or whatever, like you can't how do you expect us to sign someone for like eighty million euros and then go go back to a player's already on the team and say, Oh, we can't pay you this amount of money. So I think he kind of suggested that we're not signing anyone big. Plus I don't even think we really need him that much because our midfield isn't flashy. Like we don't have like super dynamic players, but we have hard working players that really just like fit like Klopp's um, pressing system like Jordan Henderson, Wijnaldum, um, Fabinho, who I think has become like one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. And as far as uh, we also have dynamic players who are starting to like get their legs back under them, Nabi Keita and Alexander Oxley Chamberlain. So I think we're set in the midfield. The focus should be getting like getting cover for the front three. So just to jump cop- topics real quick. You really brought up Chelsea quickly. Obviously, they've had a really successful two transfer windows with Werner, Zayek. I think they're going after Chilwell. You know, how do you think Zayek, you know, a little bit older, I think he's 28 now, and Werner, who's young, how do you think they're going to change the culture of Chelsea? I think Chelsea is going to be so good next year. And I, I even like love watching them now just because, like, as an American, I love watching Christian Pulisic, and I'm just so glad at how well Christian Pulisic has been playing in the Premier League. It seemed like the switch from Dortmund to Chelsea has helped him a lot. Um, and I could see a front three of obviously if you sign if you sign Ziyech and uh, Timo Werner, there I would assume those two are going to start in the front three, and I think the third person who would start out of all the wingers already there is Christian Pulisic. So I think that attack will be really exciting. Like you just said, they might get Ben Chilwell, who is a very good defender. So I think uh, I think they'll be set. They have a lot of good young players. That's a very young team with like really exciting players. So I could definitely see next year, I would think the top three would be us again, Manchester City, and Chelsea. Yeah. So you kind of, like, obviously, we live in the U.S. We're all ecstatic for Christian Pulisic's career. He's kind of like what we hoped Landon Donovan would be, but really never amounted to. So, but to, to break it down, you know, me as an Arsenal fan, we signed Pepe, I think, in Euros. It was like 60-something. And, you know, Chelsea paid kind of a similar, similar amount for Pulisic. And they're kind of very similar in statistics and, you know, what I think – Christian has nine goals, maybe four assists, I think, 
Pepe has eight and maybe six. But they, it's been very, it's been a tale of two stories. It seems like uh, Christian Pulisic gets a lot of praise while Pepe gets a lot of kind of slander and says that he was a waste of money. But even though their stats are very similar, so who do you think has been the has had the better freshman season in the Premier League? Um, I would probably go with Christian Pulisic just because, like, I feel like he's been more consistent than Pepe. Because I remember at the beginning of the year. Like Pepe was his big signing, and then he would just he would try to do too much. He would try to like just out dribble everyone, try to run by everyone. It took him a while to get settled in. But you see, when Christian Pulisic started his very first, he was like on the bench at for the first couple of months. But when he was given the chance to start his first game, he scored a hat trick. And then like the next game, he scored a goal. And the next game, he scored a goal. And then you see, since his restart, since the since the three month break. He's been starting in every, I think, almost every game because of how well he's been playing. So, even I would say they're like around the same level, but I would take Christian Pulisic a little bit more just because he seems to be like more consistent and like less hit and miss. Like even when he's not scoring goals, he's still contributing in other ways. Fair enough. So going back to the transfers, Sergino Dest to Bayern. Um. I think this one is like could be split three ways because all the rumors I heard were the three teams I heard were Bayern, PSG, and Barcelona. And I know Barcelona, their team is starting to get older, especially um, Des can play both left back and right back. And like Jordi Alba starting to get up there. Sergi Roberto plays at right back sometimes, but he's more of a midfielder. Nelson Semedo seems to be on and off. So I could see him going to Barcelona. Um, as far as PSG, I could also see that. So I think this is kind of like, you know, like a 33% chance, 33% for all three teams. You know, okay. So the next one, you know, a little bit older of a player. He's been at one club for a good amount of time now, but he's been linked to the MLS. That's David Silva going to Miami FC, you know, David Beckham's new club in MLS. Yeah, I could definitely see that because obviously this is the last season for Man City and um, he's starting to get, I think he's starting to get pretty old now. So um, if he just wants to just like just take his foot off the gas, but you know, he's like obviously still very good. So I feel like going to the MLS similar to like what Zlatan did or what Wayne Rooney did, I could definitely see him doing that. So this next transfer it recently just came up on the radar. I actually been reading about it for the past two days. And this player had like a very brief spell in the Premier League and it wasn't too great, but Memphis Depay to Arsenal. Oh, I can see that because um I think I heard also heard the rumor that he wanted to go back to the Premier League. Like he was on United before. Um and you know, he went to Lyon, but I obviously the French league isn't as strong as the Premier League, so I don't see him going back to Man United. And um, I think a team like Arsenal could really use him, especially if um, Abba decides to leave. He could be a nice cover for Aubameyang. I know Aubameyang is never going to hear this, but bro, we signed we signed Saka. You have a great relationship with Lacazette, Matt and Niles, and Pepe. Just just sign the contract already. <laughs> Please stay. Please stay. I hope for your sake he does. <laughs> I'm going to be mad if. We brought in Depay, but I'd rather Depay, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'd rather Depay replace Laka than Aubameyang. I, I love Laka. I see that, yeah. I think Lacazette's play style just, like, fits Arsenal. He's not scoring goals, which really, you know, sucks for us. But his hold-up play is great. His worth ethics is great. He's the leader on and off the field. 
So I, it'd be sad to see either one of those guys go. But again, I wouldn't be upset with, you know, Depay coming to mm-hmm. Arsenal. This one, I feel like you guys would be upset with. Well, I know you'd be upset with, but Mane to Madrid. Yeah, I I don't see that happening because um, recently both Mo Salah and Mane have been linked to Real Madrid or Juve, like other big European giants, and they both instantly, like within like I believe the last month, shut down those rumors. Like you even see like the Mane to Madrid rumor has been. I think that's been a thing since like the end of last season, but Mane has said multiple times since then he loves Liverpool. And then you see um, Mo Salah had an interview yesterday. He said the same thing. He was like, but I don't really see any of our world-class players leaving. Cause like, it's kind of like, why would you? We won the Champions League final last year. We won the Premier League this year. We're still at the top of everything. And like you were saying before, I would, we have a strong case to say that we're the best team in all of European football. So this next one, I actually was, I didn't put it on the list, but I was reading about it before I actually, you know, we started the podcast, but it's been rumored, I guess that Griezmann hasn't gotten the treatment that he likes or he's accustomed to at um, Barcelona. So right now, they're saying either Inter Milan, Premier League. So could you see Griezmann leaving uh, Barcelona so soon? Yeah, I watch a lot of Barcelona games just because I'm a big Messi fan. And yeah, he's he's got to go. He just does not. He just doesn't fit there because they keep playing him on the wing, but he's not a winger. He's a striker, and obviously they already have Suarez. So I doubt you want to wait until. Or I doubt he would want to wait until Suarez starts to get older and like retires or leaves or whatever. So I feel like he's kind of like wasting his last prime years. I, I don't. I meant this is what I mean. He doesn't want to waste his last few prime years sitting on Barcelona's bench. So I could definitely see him uh, definitely changing leagues because obviously on Atletico, he was, he's been playing in the Liga. So maybe like going to the Premier League um, or Italian League. But I also saw he was linked to PSG. If um, like it involved in a swap deal, if like Neymar wants to go back to Barcelona, then like PSG would get Griezmann. I think that would be better for him because Cavani just announced that he's leaving PSG, so he could be in his natural position as a striker there. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. You know, he he would have a little bit of um, not trouble, but it'd be a little bit of a competition between him and Mario and Cardi, unless they went up for you know. A formation where they do have two set strikers, but yeah. quick score update: actually, um, Sheffield United just beat Tottenham three to one. So I think that's 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 kind of crazy. But um, last topic, real quick, because I know the the City Liverpool game is starting at three fifteen. But if you could build your dream starting eleven, world class, you could pick a player from any time, any league. What what would it be? From what you mean, like current day, or just like throughout history? Any- Throughout history, um, goalkeeper probably be Emmanuel Neuer in his prime. Um, right back would be Danny Alves. Two center backs would be Van Dyken, Maldini. Left back would be Marcelo. The midfield would be Iniesta. Xavi and Kevin De Bruyne. The front three would be Messi, Ronaldo, 
and Messi, Ronaldo, and the Brazil. So Messi, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo on the outside, and then the Brazilian Ronaldo as a striker. Interesting. That's a that's a tough lineup. Yeah, honestly, that that's crazy. But I'm surprised there's no Liverpool legends in there. No Steven Gerrard. No. <laughs> Suarez in his prime. I mean, yeah, you know, he's as great as Steven Gerrard is. Like Xavi and Iniesta are just like a, on another level. In that 2010 Barcelona team that won the treble. So yeah, don't forget about the slip either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to hold you up anymore, Amir. Thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. No problem. I'm, thanks for having me. Yep. Everyone, go follow Amir on IG and take a look at his craft. His name is AC Day Films on IG. As long as that goes, I hope everyone is staying healthy. And I thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Anything and Everything podcast.